Today we're going to start learning about instruments of the orchestra. We will also be talking about some instruments that are common but aren't usually found in an orchestra, but rather in a band. So let's start by talking about the difference between a band and an orchestra. There are different kinds of orchestras and different kinds of bands. When I talk about a band today, I'm not talking about a rock and roll band. In a rock and roll band, you usually see singers, guitars, electric basses, keyboards, and a drum set. But the kind of band I'm talking about is the type we have here in school. In fourth grade, you have the option of starting an instrument and joining the band. When you choose an instrument for band, you can pick the flute, clarinet, saxophone, trumpet, trombone, drums, but there is one family of instruments that you don't get to choose from for this ensemble and that's strings. In a band, usually, there are no string instruments, no violins, violas, cellos, or basses. So, for the purposes of this class, the difference between a band and an orchestra is that there are no string instruments in a band. Of course there are exceptions to this rule. I did say that there are different kinds of bands, but when you hear the word orchestra, you know that it will include string instruments. Who leads an orchestra? The person who leads an orchestra is called a conductor. Now, of course a conductor can be a man or a woman, but I will probably just use the word him right now to talk about this to keep it simple. A conductor has many duties, but one of the most important ones is keeping the ensemble together. The conductor leads the orchestra through practices called rehearsals fixes any mistakes, and tells the players how he wants the music to be played. When the orchestra is playing a piece of music, the conductor moves his arms in certain patterns. If you're not used to it, the movements might seem random, but if you know what to look for, you will be able to understand what the conductor is telling you to do. Every conductor is different. Some are easier to follow than others but it is necessary to learn how to interpret what your conductor is telling you through his hands, or you might miss something important. And after all, the conductor can't yell at you in the middle of the concert, Hey, you, trombone, your solo's coming up. We will learn more about conducting later on, and you all have a chance to learn and practice your conducting patterns so that you will be prepared if you're ever called upon in some emergency orchestral situation. But for now, we'll move on. The word maestro means master or teacher. It is a title of respect given to conductors. The photos you are seeing now are of the current conductor of the Pittsburgh Symphony Orchestra. His name is Manfred Honig, and he is from Austria. Maestro Honig guest conducted the Pittsburgh Symphony Orchestra in 2006, and then was permanently hired this past year for the 2008-2009 season. As Maestro Honig or any other conductor looks out over an orchestra, they expect to see certain instruments in certain locations. Every orchestra might be slightly different as to where they put their piano, harp, and percussion, but most of the other instruments are usually in the same places. Here is a seating chart of a typical orchestra. You will notice that if you are the conductor, the violins are to your left and the violas, cellos, and basses are to your right. The woodwinds and brass instruments are in the middle, behind the strings, and the percussion is somewhere in the back. The makeup of orchestras has changed a lot over the years, 
but in a modern day symphony, there are usually about twice as many string players as there are woodwind and brass players. Let's start by learning about the string instruments. The four major instruments in the string family, the violin, the viola, the cello, and the double bass, all look very similar and are built in the same way. The instruments are made of many pieces of wood which are glued together. The body of the instrument is hollow, which allows the sound to resonate or vibrate. Four strings, well, sometimes five on double basses, made of animal gut, nylon, or steel, are wrapped around pegs at one end of the instrument and attached to a tailpiece at the other. They are stretched tightly across a bridge to produce their assigned pitches. The violin, viola, cello, and bass all have basically the same parts. Here is a photograph of a violin. Let's look closely at it. You see at the very top how the wood is curved into a swirl that looks like a rolled up piece of paper? That's why it's called a scroll. The next items on the drawing are the tuning pegs. There is one for each string, four, and the player turns them to adjust the pitch. The nut is the slightly raised part at the top of the fingerboard. Next comes the fingerboard, that entire black section of wood where the player puts his fingers. You will notice on the right side of the picture where the neck is labeled. The fingerboard runs down the front side of the neck and then continues out over the body of the instrument. You can see the four strings, and nobody better miss those on the test. Next comes most students' favorite part of the instrument, the F-holes. I know that it sounds like I'm saying a bad word, but I'm not, I promise. However, I still want to go around calling your brother or sister an F-hole. Even though it's not a bad word, enough people will think that it is that you'll probably still get in trouble. They are called F-holes because they are shaped like the letter F written in script. Moving on. Next comes the bridge. It's a small piece of wood that the strings go over before they attach to the tailpiece. The last two things are the chin rest, where the player rests his chin, and the end pin, which you can't really see in this picture, but looks something like this. Here's a picture of the bow. A player holds the bow at the frog. The opposite end is called the tip. The wooden part of the bow is the stick and the horsehair is called horsehair. And yes, it is really made of horsehair. Cheaper bows can use synthetic material instead of real horsehair, but it doesn't sound nearly as good. The violin is the soprano voice in the string family. It is held in the left hand, under the chin, resting on the shoulder. The right hand holds the bow, which is drawn across the strings to create the sound. The violinist can also pluck the strings with their right hand. This is called pizzicato. The violin has a beautiful sound that can be soft and expressive, or exciting and brilliant. Let's listen to an example of the violin being played. While you listen, you can look at this photo of a famous violin player, Joshua Bell. I know that was a very short example, but do you think you could recognize the sound of a violin? Now we are looking at a picture of a violin and a viola together so that you can compare them. The viola is almost identical to a violin, but it is slightly larger and produces a lower, mellower sound. Let's listen to the viola.
first, you might have a difficult time telling the difference between the sounds that a violin and a viola make, but the more you listen, the easier it will become. The cello is the tenor voice in the string family. It is shaped like a violin, but it is much larger. The player must sit in a chair to play, and the cello is held between the player's knees. Because it can produce beautiful sounds from its lowest to its highest notes, it is a popular instrument. One of the most famous cello players is Yo-Yo Ma. Here is a picture of him. Oh, and by the way, when you're telling your parents about what you learned in music today, please do not confuse Yo-Yo Ma's name with the phrase Yo Mama. They are two totally different things. Okay, let's listen to an example of the cello. The double bass, or string bass, is the largest and lowest instrument of the string family. Because of its size, the player stands or sits on a high stool to play it. Here's a listening example of the double bass. Professional players often have custom-made instruments, and one thing that some bass players like to do is have the head of their bass carved into something other than a scroll. Here's a picture of a bass with a replica of a head carved into the top. You might notice that this is a five-string bass. Here's another cool one. This person had a dragon carved into the head. Here's another view. You can see here that they also had a new tailpiece carved to match the dragon theme. This is also a five-string bass. Now we've talked about the four main string instruments in the orchestra. There's two more that I'd like you to be familiar with. The first is the harp. Harps are often found in orchestras, usually just one at a time, although some pieces do call for more than one. However, many orchestral pieces of music don't include a harp part, so the harpist doesn't play all the time. The harp is not like any other member of the string family. It has about 45 strings stretched across its tall, triangular frame. The strings are plucked by hand, while seven pedals at the bottom of the harp adjust the length of the strings to produce even more notes. Here's a sound clip of a harp. instrument that we will talk about is the guitar. The guitar is not normally a part of a symphony orchestra, however there are pieces that call for its use. I think probably all of you could look at a picture of a guitar and identify it, but let's go over a couple of the differences between the guitar and the violin, viola, cello, and bass. The guitar does not have a scroll on its head, but it still has the tuning pegs. However, there are six of them because the guitar has six strings. The guitar still has a nut and a fingerboard, but going down the fingerboard there are frets. 
These are little bars that tell the guitarist where the different notes are on the fingerboard. Instead of F holes, the guitar has one sound hole in the middle, and the bridge is at the very bottom of the strings. This is a picture of one of my favorite singer-slash-guitar players, James Taylor. Now let's listen to an example of the classical guitar. This wraps up the string instruments that we are going to study. There are many others that we haven't talked about, like the banjo and the mandolin. There are others that you might be thinking of, like the piano, that we actually categorize differently. We will be talking about that another time. Study the photos and the parts of the string instruments that you learned today. Listen again to the examples. In another class, I will have you listen to different string instruments all playing the same song, Twinkle Twinkle Little Star, so that you can compare them even more. Next class, we will learn about the woodwind family. See you then! Thank <laughs> you.